Hi, you're again with Volleyball Explained Podcast. Uh, today, again, we are going to talk about the Italian League. Uh, Nicole is here. Unfortunately, Rony is busy, so he can't join us. But uh, we are going to talk about the finish of the regular season in Italy uh, and uh, the first playoffs, of course, as well as we are going to make our dream team of the regular season in the uh, Italian uh, League. Uh, let's start with uh, what happened at the end of the regular season. Uh, the relegation, relegated teams are Vibo Valentia and, of course, Ravenna. Ravenna ended with no wins, which Nicole probably will say better if, if this is some kind of a anti-record. And the other team, uh, surprisingly or not, is uh, Vibo. Uh, from first to eight, we have uh, the teams of Perugia, Lube, Trento, Modena, Milano, Piacenza, uh, Monza, and Cisterna. Cisterna claimed the eighth place, so they face uh, Perugia in the quarterfinals in the playoffs. And uh, the teams saved were Verona, uh, Padova and uh, Taranto. Um, let's talk firstly about the relegated teams and especially about uh, Vivo. Uh, Nicola, are you surprised from what happened? Because in the in the beginning it was very um, tough for Vivo. Then they improved a lot with with Nishida and from and but at the end. Again, uh, they went down and uh, they will play in uh, Serie A Due next season. Well, uh, I will lie if I say then I'm not surprised about uh, what happened to that team. At, uh, at the beginning of the season, I indicated as one of the team that would have made the, the, the playoff. But during the season, they they found a lot of difficulties starting from the, the how can I say the walk away from uh, from Douglas and then adding the the injuries of Nishida uh, the covid problem then the the reschedule of some matches that if played in their original uh, dates probably uh, it would have been a better better situation for Vivo but at the end uh, they deserve to to get relegated for what they displayed in the in the last two games especially the one against Padova it, it was a matching game if Vibo would have win it they would have been safe but they win they won the first set they lost 3-1 at the end and uh, their destiny was not in their hands still with a win in the last game against Piacenza would have been safe because Padova actually lost to Modena but they, I watched the game and they were uh, hopeless. I mean, you say from you see from the from the start of the the game that maybe just Nishida and Candelaro believed that they could be safe by the end of the day. The other players look like they don't believe they they could escape the the relegation. At the end. I mean, we saw Bibo last year, and people may ask how it's possible that a team that ended fifth in 2020, 2021 could be relegated next year. 
Well, actually, last season was uh, something exceptional in the history of Vibo, who always had fought for the last spots of the of the of the ranking. But still, I think that's probably one of the most surprising uh, um, story of the of this season. Actually, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that they were just one point. They have they had a match point. Uh... In the in the third match against against Monza in order to to be in the in the semifinals and I believe it was 13 to 14 in their favor in the tiebreak and David decided to just uh, put the ball into the net uh, something exactly. something like that yeah and and they and they missed it and then uh, then uh, I believe people once made a very good match and uh, and Monza Monza eventually won and they were. But uh, yeah, I don't think we we need that much to talk about Ravenna because all the season long we know that Ravenna uh, it, it it wasn't sure that they that they will even start the, the season. Uh, then they uh, uh, made the squad very very uh, very difficult uh, in very difficult terms. So. Uh, of course, the squad was not that uh, was not that strong in comparison, even to to teams like uh, like uh, Padova. Padova actually started the, the season very very strong, so it wasn't a surprise that Ravenna uh, is relegated. But is it a surprise that Ravenna didn't win a single match? Actually, that's. Uh anti-record as you call it in the rally point system era here in Italy no team have ever lost every game they played and no team have handed with just two points but it's surprising because we're not used to see a team like that especially in the in the Super Lega considering the the overall level of the of the championship but for this team following from the first games ahead it's not that surprising. The two points they get, uh, one against Padova and the other against Milano, when at uh, two games that, especially the one against Milano, they're more to blame on Milano than to give credit to, to Ravenna for the point. And if the player think they've already doomed without playing, uh, it's, it's inevitable that they, they ended up not winning any game. Still, in the last games, they managed to win at least a set, basically every. So at least they put up a fight, and not to get the usual three-zero. Uh, they, they unfortunately ended up with uh, every game before. So by the end of the season, they had maybe they without the pressure because they didn't. They knew that they were, they had no chances. They tr they played with more mind free, and they actually lined up some interesting players. Maybe for the team fighting not to be relegated next year. I'm thinking about uh, uh, I don't know maybe the the young Bovolenta or uh, the uh, Vukasinovic is one of the players that could get to a team like Padova or uh, or Cisterna, one of those team uh, next year. What's next for Ravenna? It's a big question here in Italy. Uh, actually, they, they don't know if they will play in the uh, Adue next season. What they will be uh, with their uh, with the team, 
and that, that's a big question mark because Ravenna is one of the most historic, if not the historic team in uh, in Italy, and watching them disappear would be a uh, would be tough. Yeah, uh, for sure, and um, and uh, of course, it's very sad that they did this anti-record, but uh, it is what it is. So, okay, uh, let's go to something which is actually your idea, uh, our dream team for the um, for the regular season, and. I believe we can do it slice by slice. So I am asking you for your setter of the regular season. And then I will say my uh, my proposal and uh, yeah, and so on. Yeah, uh, the choice is uh, about the overall player and uh, or uh, what he achieved with the players that plays uh, uh, him. Because uh, I think that the, the best setter of the season uh, in the regular season have been uh, Giannelli by far because I've been the most uh, consistent throughout uh, the year. But there are two young setters that actually stood out uh, during the, the 26 games of regular season. One is Ricardo Sbertoli, who would have thought that with just some uh, training in Trento, he would have fit so well in Lorenzetti's team. And the other is Paolo Porro. Uh, because uh, considering uh, his height, his age, and uh, it was the first year as a starting setter in the in the Superliga, it did very well uh, for me. Uh, the big names like the Checo and Bruno, uh, they haven't been so consistent in my opinion. So if I had to pick one, I'd pick Giannelli. Yeah, my pick is also Giannelli. And as you said, by the way, it's interesting because I'm not considering... Uh... Considering Sbertoli a young setter, probably because Janelli is just one year older, I believe. Probably because of the fact that he's bold and so with a uh, he has no hair actually, and so with a beard. So, uh, so I, I, I was actually surprised when I realized that uh, that he's just 20, 24, 25, which really a surprise for me. And of course, Power Poro, and I'm very interested how Power Poro will develop, because we all know that uh, having not that much of a height is uh, is becoming more and more difficult in the world volleyball today. So unicorns like uh, Benjamin Tonyuti are very rare occasion now. But still, I hope that uh, Paolo Poro, but also his brother, by the way, Uka Poro, he, uh, which who is playing, uh, he's 18, I believe, 18, yes, 18, 19. So uh, another great player, but outside hitter. So my my pick is uh, also, of course, uh, Janelli. Let's go to the opposite position. Opposite position, uh, Nimir, uh, especially because there are two, uh, I would say, two Modenas. The one when Nimir is playing at his best, and the one where where Nimir is not uh, is not fit or or not too much uh, into the game, and he has proved uh, once again that uh, uh, if he's healthy, uh, if he's if he's if he could play an entire game without uh, too many problem, um, it's a scoring machine. He actually ended up second in the in the ranking uh, best scoring uh, players just because he missed uh, two games. Uh, other one won this year as well. 
and but I also want to, want to underline um, Riklitsky's performance because in a team like Perugia, where most of the balls went to Leon or in the middle to to Sole or even to Anderson, uh, when Gianelli decided to settle to him, he did a very good job, and Peter Derlich, who played an incredible season uh, for for Cisterna replacing Svark. but Nimira topped everyone this season as well. Yeah, uh, probably people will think that I'm just copying you, but my my pick is also Nimir. Uh, and exactly for the same argument, uh, Modena is one team when Nimir is playing, is and another team where Nimir is not playing. Uh, so we are going to switch now the order, and I will start. So uh, my pick for an um, uh, outside hitters, let's go uh, together. Outside hitters, uh, I believe it was pretty easy. Uh, one of them is for sure Wilfredo Leon, because uh, I don't think with Perugia that good and Wilfredo Leon so huge, uh, we, are, we can make a dream team without Leon. And the second one is, of course, uh, a very positive surprise, the best scorer of, uh, of the regular season. And I, and I believe the first outside hitter to be the best scorer since Ivan Zaitsev, uh, I believe almost 10 years ago. And of course, this is the uh, 20 years of age uh, player, the Slovenian uh, attacker from uh, from Verona, uh, Rok Mozic. Just, just yeah. amazing. And it is very, uh, it is very, um, it says it all that uh, in most of the matches I watched in, in Verona, uh, I, I actually noticed that uh, Rado Stoichev is starting with uh, with uh, rotation with uh, Mozic in position four, which means that uh, he's trying to to have Mozic uh, as much time as possible in uh, in first row. So this is actually a very uh, very convincingly indicating what. Uh, uh, what Mozic uh, can do and, and how Mozic is important for the team because I'm sure that without Mozic probably Verona would have been uh, relegated. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, uh, no one could uh, leave Leon out of a, <laughs> of a dream team in any competition, I think. And, uh, and, and Mozic was uh, one of the surprises uh, of the of this season. If, if there would be a... Uh, um, a rookie of the year award it's, it will definitely uh, go to him and um, the best scoring titles to, to me is not that important considering that basically uh, the starting opposite for half of the teams of the super league if not maybe almost every team uh, lost a lot of games and uh, the lagumja lost five grozer lost six uh, patri lost four and uh we so we said that it's not that that served like Modic and Trento doesn't have an opposite. So the the, the scoring, uh, the, the best scoring is a, is a huge, uh, actually a huge achievement, but, but not that important. The fact is that he's been reliable and uh, basically carried Verona for most of the, of the games uh, they won. Him plus Rafa probably are the two reasons that, that Verona ended up uh, and still would be playing in the in the Superliga. Uh, other player that probably uh, we have to mention is uh, definitely Micheletto, who 
proved once again that he's on on path to be one of the best. Marlon Hunt had a good year of development. And even if it's one of the most inconsistent players that has always been all along his career, I think that Erwin Gapet uh, went back uh, to Italy and some monster games and the one to, to prove that he's still one of the best uh, outside hitter. But for this season, Mozic Leon has to be the, the dream team uh, starting outside hitters. Yeah. Okay, let's go to middle blockers, and it's your turn first. Well, that, that's, that's difficult, actually, because uh, there have been a lot of players who have had a good, really good season. And to me, we have to, to get Simon there. Even if it was not the best Simon we've seen, still is the middle blocker with uh, most points, uh, most aces, uh, and the one... Uh, one of the of the middle blocker that had most attacks, so it's still a factor when he's a is perfectly perfectly fit. And when Lube started playing uh, with a with a system that that was effective, because for half of the of the years Lube didn't know which player to line up, uh, basically on uh, on on every game day. For the second spot. Uh, Honestly, I, I don't know who to pick because Lisinath, when healthy, is still uh, uh, behind Leon. But we also had Piano, who had a monster season. We had uh, Sindeniez as well, who had a monster season. Flavio, who was one of the most positive players in Vivo Valencia. Uh, we had Vitelli, that uh, stood up in, uh, in Padova. But for the f- my personal taste, I will pick Sole. So, uh, my will be Yeah, I hope I hope that we don't have any any problems with the connections because I I missed you for a for a moment. You, you listen? Yeah. Uh, do, do, do you hear me well now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because because I just probably is, is my it's the problem is in my in my work connection. But uh, anyway, uh, so probably here is the the first uh, uh, difference in our in our dream teams because I also pick uh, Simon. Uh, and actually, you mentioned my my second pick, and my second pick is uh, Shininies. For Milano, because I believe that actually both of the middle blockers of uh, of Milano were great. Also, Matteo Matteo Piano, Matteo Piano, but uh, but uh, my second pick is uh, Shininias uh, in in this spot. Uh, very very big uh, solid middle blocker with uh, both uh, great in blocking but also in in attacking. So yeah, I believe that he's deserving the second place in my dream team. And at the end, uh, my liberal pick is uh, the liberal of Piacenza's Canferua. Uh, I believe that uh, he has a great season. He's uh, probably one of actually many uh, young liberals uh, which are going to play, I'm sure, in the Italian national team uh, sooner or later. Uh, of course, Italy has still Massimo Colacci, Fabio Bawazzo, 
uh, Scanferla day after, but they have also the other the other liberal of Piacenza, Damiano uh, Catania, uh, but also the liberal of uh, Taranto, I believe uh, that was uh, the liberal of uh, of uh, the Italian uh, U U20 this uh, this uh, year uh, national team Lorenzano, uh, who is. 18, 18, 19, but playing in the in the in the Serie A one uh, in um, in Taranto. So so I believe that uh, uh, Italy has a great talent in the liberal position. But my pick for this uh, for this regular season is Camfero. Yeah, I was was torn about uh, actually three <laughs> players. One of them is Carferla, and Piacenza ended up with the best uh, um, efficiency in uh, in reception of the entire Super Lega, mostly thanks to uh, Scanferla's um, job. And we saw it in the game one of the quarterfinals uh, of the playoff against Trento. Without Scanferla, Piacenza is a totally different. Uh, uh, different team, so he 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 has earned the place in our in our team team minus well. But I also want to to underline Gabriel Lorenzano, as you as you pointed out, who probably will play in a one of the big four, big five in a couple of uh, of years. And for as much uh, as a lot of people here don't like him, I think that uh, Julian Zenger, the leader of Trento, has been way improving. Uh, throughout the the year, and uh, with the system that Trento is playing, uh, without the the opposite and with four uh, receptions for the receptioning players for the for most uh, of the time, is doing pretty well. Uh, still, uh, I don't know if Trento will confirm it for for the next year, but as you pointed out, there are a lot of great liberals, young liberals to. Uh, to choose here in, in Italy. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't thought actually about the, the coach of the of the regular season, but taking into account that uh, that probably we, we, we should pick uh, the number one team, probably, I don't know. Uh, so, so do you think that it is there is making any sense to actually to pick a coach of the regular season? Uh, well, if if not garbage, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because uh, he was able to 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 actually give stability to to Perugia and to limit their flows and exploit their their qualities. So we we all expected that Perugia would have ended the regular season in the first place, but he did it with ten points uh, clear of uh, head of uh, head of Lube, and it's, it's never been a question. Uh, would have won it. So I think that Gerbic uh, did an amazing job. And uh, also, if if we have to uh, to name someone out of the group, I would say um, Vincenzo Di Pinto, who saved Taranto with uh, a roster that I don't know how many others, uh, other coaches would have been able to 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 guide for for another season in, in Superliga. So I think that Di Pinto did an extraordinary job, but the the coach for our team has to be garbage. Yeah, 
Yeah. Also order, because we have f- yeah. three or five players from Perugia in it, so he already knows how to coach them. Yeah. Uh, actually, in order to make a compliment, I believe that in in some of the first uh, episodes for for this uh, season, you you mentioned that Vincenzo Di Pinto is a is a coach who has uh, who has uh, a lot of experience in uh, in saving teams from being relegated. So. Uh, so good for you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, the playoff started. Uh, we had uh, Trento Piacenza 3-0, uh, Lubemonza 3-0, uh, Modena Milano 3-0, and Perugia Cisterna, probably the biggest surprise of them all, 3-1. So no problems for the favorites, uh, with the pure exp- ex- exception of, uh, of Perugia losing a set against Cisterna as a host, which is more of a surprise for me, especially. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the problems of Piacenza. Piacenza were playing time to time better, but yeah, at the end, uh, eventually lost to, to Trento. And it, it is interesting that Trento played with a Pinali as an opposite, I believe. So yeah, a little bit of a a little bit of a change from uh, what uh, we adjusted in uh, watching in the beginning. Uh, no problems for Modena against Milano. I expected more competition there. Uh, Lube Monza, uh, I believe uh, Lube won't have any any problems, and of course uh, Perugia should have uh, should win it also pretty easily against against Cisterna. Even though Cisterna is playing very good, you mentioned Dirlitz, uh, also Baranovic, now they. Uh, and they're actually without uh, Schwartz, uh, uh, as long as I remember. So, so Cisterna is and making Cavacini. very, very, very good, uh, very good uh, impression. And, and they were also uh, without Cavaccini, their starting libero yeah. for for game one. Yeah, you know, Cisterna is one of that team that to me they're happy that they're safe and they're also in the playoff because, uh, as we know for. Uh, in the, the last two games of the regular season, there were five teams fighting not to be relegated, and four of them had a chance to be in the playoff. Cisterna took it. They went to Perugia playing mind-free, so they they put up a pretty good fight. And in my opinion, Perugia was already thinking about uh, the uh, Champions League semi-final uh, of, with Trento, and they had a Perugia had. A, pretty bad day from the service line and usually it's one of their best weapons so Cisterna somehow managed to 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 take a to take a set from them but uh, Soli itself the the trainer of uh, the coach of Cisterna said we would been able to to play a good game because they didn't play a good game and so it, it was pretty honest uh, at the end of the game that's exactly the opposite will happen with Trento, who had, I think, the best serving day in, in their season. They scored 12 aces in three sets. They were constantly uh, putting the Piacenza reception under pressure. And with that, uh, uh, Brizard had a very few uh, chances to, to set some plays that he usually used during a, during a game. And both Rossard and Holt uh, playing in pretty badly, uh, Rossard especially had more. I think they had more mistakes than points or something like that. And on the other end, Pinali, who had to to substitute uh, Lavia because still has some healthy problem, uh, had a very good game. 
and he proved that uh, at least he could be uh, useful if uh, uh, the the team is uh, is playing pretty well. As usual, Matei uh, Kaziski uh, had the the heavy the heavy balls to convert into points. One of these few moments where Trento was under difficulties, but the MVP was Micheletto because he scored five aces, four blocks, and he had a very good overall uh, overall game. Honestly, I expected way more from Milano, but we have to say that Modena played very, very well. If Modena plays like that, they could have a chance to, to go the distance, in my opinion, because they've proved to be the team that could... Uh, uh, how can I say um, they could put Perugia under pressure the most? Uh, so if they qualify for the semifinal and against Perugia and they play as they played against Milano, it would be very very tough for Leon and company to to reach the final. Yeah, and Monza just... Lube, well, sorry, uh, yeah. Monza. I think that they they were. Happy from the, the Chev Cup <laughs> win. They, they, they play, but they they were not too how can I say too sad about the the outcome of the game. They they will try to do something different in game two, but I think that Lube will go through pretty easily. Yes, and uh, if something, uh, if anything, uh, everything, yeah, <laughs> if everything uh, goes according to plan. Uh, so Perugia will face Modena and Lube will face uh, Trento in the in the semifinals and uh, these matches will be really blockbusters. Okay, you mentioned Champions League. Let's go to the Champions League because the matches are starting uh, very soon uh, and actually in the when we are going to to publish this uh, this podcast uh, they would have been uh, played uh, uh, Jezebski against Zaksa, Polish derby in the first semifinal, and Perugia against Trento uh, in the in the second Italian semifinal. So for a second year in a row, we are going to have a Polish Italian uh, Italian clash in the final. But uh, what are your predictions for for the semifinals? Uh, I believe that Perugia probably will win. Uh, against Cento, so they will re- they they will make a revenge for what happened uh, last year, uh, which was pretty surprising, uh, in my opinion. And uh, actually, I believe that Zaksa and Jasjebski would be a very interesting match because it will it is just a little bit like uh, last season in Polish league where Zaksa was the f- totally dominant during the season, but at the end of the final. Uh, uh, Jaszewski won both matches and won the title, and they're playing with pretty, pretty good with uh, with Tunyuti, with Forna, with Cleveno, and uh, great coaching by Andrea Gardini. Uh, and also, Zaksa is uh, succeeding in maintaining their level, even though they changed uh, the coach. And now the coach is George Kretzo, the Romanian. Uh, Marcin Janos uh, is uh, not, of course, it's not. Uh, uh, to new team, but uh, they uh, they have now uh, Eric Shoji instead of uh, Pavel Zatorski with uh, Slivka with Kachmarik and Semenyuk. They're again very good. So so I be, believe it would be a very even even clash between uh, uh, 
uh, Zaksa and Enyashevsky, and it's very hard to see uh, which team will prevail at the at the end. Totally agree with everything you said, and I will add that it would be even more surprising uh, compared to last year if Trento could could reach the final, because this year the the difference is uh, is clearly uh, it, it's clear, and Perugia shown, uh, for example, in the Coppa Italia final that they they, they are way uh, above Trento, but still they they need to play their their best volleyball because if you gave Trento a chance uh, they 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 will take uh, they will take it so Perugia in my opinion is the clear favorite and they they will qualify for the final and as for the Polish derby I, I think is 50 50. I, I don't see a clearly uh, clear favorite I don't know how much the fact that uh, neither Perugia nor um, Zaska played the quarterfinals because they were already qualified due to the disqualification of the Russian team. If that had something to to do with the with the rhythm, with some uh, momentum, I, I don't know. But for for as much, I would love to see a Perugia Zaska uh, final. I would also love to see Gardini uh, coaching a team in a Champions League final. Especially after how he has been treated last year by Piacenza, it would be really, uh, I could say, a sport revenge to see him uh, uh, fighting for the most important title at the club level. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's finish with uh, just to mention that in the women's uh, women's bracket in the Champions League, the situation is very interesting because only one semi-final will be played. Uh, and that's because of the fact that one of the uh, quarterfinal matches uh, should have been between Russian teams. So both Russian teams were uh, expelled uh, due to the Russian invasion in Ukraine. So, uh, so uh, Imoko Koneliano, uh, which uh, the team uh, that has won the, the quarterfinal against Monza directly qualified for the final. And in the other... A semi-final is uh, a Turkish derby between Vakov Bank and uh, Fenerbahce. Uh, so, uh, so that means that the winner will face Koneliano. So uh, Vakov Bank and Fenerbahce will play in the semi-final uh, with a slight favorite for, for sure Vakov Bank, but uh, uh, Fenerbahce with... Uh, with players like Federovceva, Lazareva uh, is uh, not to be uh, underestimated. So I believe that, yeah, that I, I think that that was quite enough for 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 today's uh, podcast. Thank you, Nicole, for being so extensive. Uh, unfortunately, Ronik uh, couldn't join today. I hope that he'll be here for the next one. Uh, probably we can do it after. Mm, let's not be after the quarterfinals because that could have couldn't because that could mean only one match so probably uh after the start of the of the semi-final semi-final playoffs yeah uh so Bye. yeah thank you again uh, to all the to all the listeners or the viewers uh, in youtube uh, 
uh, of the podcast. And I hope that uh, you're going to watch or listen to us uh, again the next time. Bye-bye. Bye.